Psalm chapter number 85 this morning. And for the Lord to help me, I want to preach on how to identify and or experience real revival. How are we going to identify and experience real revival? God has laid it out very clearly in His Word. And by the way, that is our final authority. It makes no difference what I think, and it makes no difference what you think. It makes no difference what your neighbor thinks. It makes no difference what the news says. What does God say about this subject of revival? And how can we identify and experience? I added that in because it started off on how to identify real revival. But as I began to study, uh, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, it's not just enough to identify it, but we ought to experience it. And uh, I believe if we'll listen to what God has said in His Word, we can too experience real revival. Psalm chapter number 85, if you're there, say amen. We'll begin reading in verse number 1 this morning. Psalm chapter 85 and verse number 1. The Bible said, Lord, Thou hast been favorable unto Thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of Thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin, Selah. Thou hast taken away all Thy wrath. Thou hast turned Thyself from the fierceness of Thy anger. Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause Thine anger toward us to cease. Wilt Thou be angry with us forever? Wilt Thou draw out Thine anger to all generations? Wilt Thou not revive us again? that thy people may rejoice in thee. Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have Excuse me, mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and Ireland shall yield her increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and shall set us in the way of his steps. How to identify and experience real revival. Please pray with me and for me. Father, we love You and we thank You, Lord, uh, for the opportunity, God, to be in Your house. Lord, thank You for the privilege that it is to stand behind the pulpit one more time. Now, God, if You don't help me as I've already prayed and if You don't get on me, Lord, as I've already asked, God, I'm in trouble and Your people are in trouble. God, if you'll anoint me to preach the Lord, uh, the Word of the Lord, and if you'll anoint me, God, to preach in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost, Lord, I'll give you thanks and praise and glory for all that you do. God, we need revival in these days, but God, we need to understand what it takes to experience real revival. Help us, dear God. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name and for His sake, and all the Lord's people said... Amen. Quickly, if I could, by way of introduction, it is here in our text where the psalmist David begins to deal with this famous subject of revival. Now, 
Revival has always been a subject that has captivated the attention of men. Revival does not only capture the attention of those who proclaim to be Christian, but it's always taken the world's interest. It has always involved a peak of interest among any form of people, whether saved or lost. Can I say revival has always grabbed the attention of both those who are for it and those who are against it. Can I say this this morning? Most people have no idea what biblical revival even is. Therefore, may I say, many have fallen into the trap of man-made revival throughout history holding to a false hope that true revival has came and it leaves men in the same state of confusion and disappointment that they started with once the smoke is cleared. Can I say all throughout our nation's history if you begin to study moves and uh, of God and revivals what you'll find is there have been several movements that have taken place with the identification of or the title of revival but in reality very few have proved out to be genuine. Can I say this is due to the fact that God is the only one who can distribute real revival. Can I say and God only does so through and by his word and the biblical standards of revival for his people. Now I want to say this it will pay you and I to go to the world Word of God to evaluate when such named movements begin to occur right now. You say, well this ain't no coincidence. You're exactly right. It is no coincidence that I'm preaching on this subject because right now there's not just one. There's one that's being talked more about than others but there's several movements taking place in our country, in our nation and they're all being labeled and identifying as Revival, But when I look at the Word of God and I look at these movements through the eye of Scripture, I'm afraid that very, very few are actually measuring up to the name Revival according to the Word of God. Can I say contrary? And this is going to hurt some of y'all's feelings, but I'm going to show you in the Bible why I believe what I believe. Contrary to popular opinion, there is no revival taking place in Wilmore, Kentucky. There is no revival. You say, preacher, I can't believe. I can say that because I stand on the Word of God. It is not revival. There may be a movement. There may be a gathering. There may be lots of good things taking place, but I promise you, according to this Bible, it is not revival. Can I say that there is a uh, the revival is not an ecumenical movement? That is exactly what we're seeing. Uh, uh, revival is not continual praise and worship. I'm not against that. If you all meet here for a week and never leave and sing praise to God, glory to God, but that is not biblical revival. Uh, can I say revival is not speaking in tongues and attempting to perform miracles through and by the apostolic gifts. Keynote, apostolic. It was to the apostle revival. 
revival is not ordained women standing and preaching and teaching the word of God. Revival is not folks standing up and naming their flaws and their failures and the crowd, the hundreds saying the blood forgives. That is not revival. Revival is not simply embracing love for our community and one another. I'm not against loving the community and one another. But listen to me. God, listen to me. God does not send revival to a community. God sends revival to the church. And it will overpour into the church. I can prove in this in this book uh, that revival is, is a, it, it only comes through and by the local church, not a campus. Uh, revival is not salvation without repentance. Uh, with the gospel not being proclaimed. Uh, revival is not all denominations uh, coming together with absolutely zero guidelines uh, and biblical order. I'm going to show you all this in just a moment. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 14.33 For God is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all churches of the same. I was going to put a, a video thing together and show it and I, I may still do that but there's several videos that I have saved and clips that I have saved from this so called revival and in one of those there is a lady who falls out most of you all have seen it in the floor and, and, and supposedly of a seizure well uh, oh apostolic Ann in the back decides that uh, it's not a seizure it's not a health condition but it's a demon and so apostolic Ann begins to uh, command that this devil come out now in Jesus name come out now in Jesus name and there's a blood curdling scream from hell uh, that takes place and then whoever it is comes up on the stage and says these words for those of you who are here and are confused hey if you're a Bible believer that's a red flag if it's real revival there is no confusion uh, can I say you cannot listen I will open the door to any denomination. Anybody that wants to walk in this church can walk in. But hear me and hear me well. They will abide by our rules. They will abide by this Bible. I'm not against anybody coming in. But loose lip, Lily is not going to start speaking in tongues. Are you with me? Lillian, amen. Oh, loose lip, Lillian's not going to speak in tongues. Amen. She's more welcome to come, but when she starts, I'm putting a stop to it. Why? Because it creates and causes confusion. If old devil whisper, whisper Greg Locke wants to come and set in on Sunday, he's more than welcome, but he will keep his blessed mouth shut. Uh, he's not sowing discord and confusion in the house of God. You'll know why that this revival is not biblical because there's zero order to it. There's no guidelines. There's no fences. Uh, can I say, Brother Mike Norman got told talking about fences a couple of weeks ago at his meeting and he's got, talking about how we need to take careful examination of our fences. He said he had a neighbor, said uh, that neighbor wouldn't keep his fence up, said there was holes and broken boards and bob 
wired down all over the place and said his cows got over in his yard or his goats or whatever he had got over in his yard all the time. He said, but it never failed. When I drove by my neighbor, his, his, his fence was falling apart, but he had his gate locked. He said, I never could understand why he would lock his gate and his fence would be down. And he, and he gave a charge to everybody there. He said, I think it's time we go examining our fences. Why? Because the fence keeps the goods in and the bad out. Can I say, listen, my friend, even some of you are here this morning and you're wondering why would my pastor take a Sunday morning to deal with such a subject? And to your question, may I reply? Because on July the 13th, 2013, the Lord Jesus came by and called me to preach the word of God. He commanded me to declare the whole counsel of God. On April the 12th, 2015, God placed the call of pastoring a local New Testament, King James only, rightly dividing, dispensational, premillennial, independent Baptist church. And in this church, it is my job to both establish doctrine and to rebuke and reveal heresy. You need to know that the stand I've taken in the past and the stand I'm taking in the present and the stand I will take in the future is not done out of a want or need to be controversial. The stand I take in this local church is out of the call on my life to be a biblical sound doctrinal preacher and teacher of the word of God. It's not done out of arrogance or pride. It's not out of having an agenda or preaching propaganda but rather it is my obligation to God on behalf of giving an account both for my faithfulness to preach the word and my account to give an account for your souls is why I'm standing. I am utterly disappointed and disgusted with the men that I have seen Supporting this movement. Yep. Right. Yes, sir. Come on, preacher. Why make such a big deal about it? Because this is current events. Yes. And every person in this room has been watching this carefully. Yep. And the seducing spirits that's drawing all these... I'm seeing it. Yes. People I thought would never... Listen, we're talking about men of God who preach against everything going on and they're drawn to that place. Yep. If this, if this meeting was going on downtown Kroger parking lot in a tent and there was only 50 people there and nothing's any different, all the songs are the same, all the, all the doctrines the same, all, and, it, and it wasn't the, the movement, they'd be preaching it into hell and back. But something's drawing them there. And it is not God. Why? Because it's contrary to His Word. God does not compromise His Word. Now, if you cannot see the aggressive sweeping and sifting of the devil and the spirit of Antichrist in these last days, you have either turned a blind eye to truth or you yourself abide in the way of error and you are religious with no biblical conversion. That is how strong I stand against this. If you cannot see the way of error in that meeting, you have never been born again. I stand by that statement. 
Because it is such, it is so far out there that I honest to God believe that the Holy Ghost ought to say or do something. Listen, my spirit, our spirit ought, should not bear witness with the false God and false doctrine. Can I say like me, love me, or hate me? It makes no difference to me. I will not stay silent on these matters that are creeping their way into the homes and the hearts of the biblical New Testament local church. Can I say this morning as nicely as I can? You may not care how your children end up if they end up in that movement, but I do. You may not care if your grandchildren know the doctrines of the King James Bible, but I do. You, you, you may not care, and you, and for those of you who do care, listen. You, you need to act like you care. Don't look at me like I have just cussed you out from the pulpit because I'm standing against heresy. I, listen, I, I ain't saying that. Everybody said, "Well, I think it started off good. It might have, maybe, maybe not. We don't know. We weren't there." I don't know that, but I know what's going on now. I know what I'm seeing now. Hey, if the banner of truth has ever needed to be waved, it's now. We're in the last days and seducing spirits have crawled out of hell and they want to snatch you up and take you down the road of religion and ruin. And don't you think for one second that the devil's content with the size of his church? Can I say the fact is Satan has a bigger burden to reach people for his cause and for his church than most Bible believers do for their own church and the cause of Christ. He's working overtime. Can I say today's woke society is full blown and has truly infected the church. We are in the church of the Laodicea. We're in the Laodicean church age. This false movement has captured thousands of souls and will drag them all to hell. By the way, this just didn't pop out of the ground today. This is charismatic. It's charismatic. What is charismatic? It's all emotionalism. Maybe, maybe, maybe tonight, maybe. I'll have to work on it between service. The songs, I want you to listen to them. They're, they're all about man. What do you mean? They're like this. God loves me. God loves me. They mention God, but it's all about what God does. It's all about them. Why do you preach so hard? And I have since day one. This is nothing new. Against music, contemporary music, because it is not biblical. Most of them are what I call 7-Eleven songs. They're seven words repeated 11 times. Over and over and over. And folks, it's seducing. Yes. It's emotionalism. Now listen, you can go ahead and get mad at me for trying to keep your family out of bondage. You can get upset with me and get mad at me for trying to see to it that your family knows the truth. But look, listen to me. For those of you who may be mad or upset or bitter because you've got a preacher that's willing to preach the Bible, I want you, everybody, I want you to look in my eyes. Look at them. You know what you see in my eyes? Anger. You ought not be angry. God is. I'm angry with hell. And hell's angry with me. You know what you see in these eyes? Desperation. 
I want you to look at them. Desperation. I'm desperate for each and every one of you to heed to the word of God. And live by the word of God. I'm desperate. You know what you see in my eyes? Concern. Great concern. For your family and the outcome of your families. You see love. Can I say in these eyes? You see love. I love each and every one of you with a love that I cannot even comprehend myself. You see passion. I'm passionate about preaching. I'm passionate about truth. I'm passionate about souls. And I'm passionate about Bible doctrine. You see hurt. I'm hurt for those, by those who have rejected the Bible and walked away. I'm hurt by those of you who sit here and take it but don't receive it. Yeah. You've justified it because you'll take it but you do not receive it. You think you're doing all right because you take the truth, but you have not received the truth. You see, determination, I'm determined to stay true to God and His Word, even if it means I stand here by myself. I'm determined to fight for those of you sitting here today in this room. I'm determined to stay faithful, even when it's hard and heavy. You see, weakness... I'm weak in my own strength. I'm weak in my own attempt. I'm weak in my own flesh. But you also see strength for when I'm weak, that's when He's strong. And in these eyes, the strength of the Holy Ghost is what keeps them open, keeps them observing, and keeps them covered in spiritual eyes. And ointment, you see fire. There's fire in my bones to stay faithful, to stay fervent and focused. I don't care what your expectations are. I don't know what your expectations are for a pastor but God the Holy Ghost has done came by my way shook me up rekindled a fire in my heart to care and nurture his sheep to feed his flock to fight and protect you from the wolves to wreak havoc on heresy to triumph in truth to be a watchman on the wall and to make a call of repentance today under God if we've ever needed repentance and revival we need it now Brother Bud preached this here. We need a revival of the Bible. A revival of the Bible. We need every single person sitting here today to put away the religious cloak of Christianity and get back to the things of God. May I say real repentance is the only thing that brings about real revival. Did you hear me? Real repentance is the only thing that grants real revival. My friend, real revival will bring God's jealousy and wrath back to life. Real revival will ignite the people of God to lather their hearts in truth uh, uh, can I ask you this morning when's the last time you really wanted God to move I ain't really just wanted it when's the last time you begged him to meet with you and to meet with us the reason so many folks in this world are so quick to jump on every revival train that starts smoking and believe every wind of doctrine that blows by their ways because God's people have become content. The real church has become content with tradition. 
The church has became content with formalities and feelings. The real church has became content with their preferences and their standing. But you better hear me and hear me well. I understand we have a good church and we have good people. We have saved people. We have the right doctrine. We sing the right songs. We use the right Bible. But under God, my friend, God has smoked my heart over studying this subject of revival. And the first person he dealt with was me. I'll admit it. If somebody's got to lead, I'll be the leader to admit I'm, I admit I'm guilty of being routine at times. I, I'm guilty of becoming relaxed. and I'm guilty even at being unrighteous at times. But I've also been guilty of asking God to please forgive me. How long are you going to stay the way you are? I hope you're listening. You're going to give an account for this. How long are we willing to let our church just be what it is? Is there anybody here hungry for God? Is there anybody here that is willing to repent of your sin? Hey, these are some hard things and I try to only write what God, the Holy Ghost puts in my heart when I'm studying. And these are some things that's come to my heart. There's people in here right now, you don't pray or read your Bible and you're in positions of leadership. There's people in here right now that has bitterness and envy and malice and strife in your heart towards others. How how long are you going to come into church with all that's on the inside and you're not even in fellowship with God, let alone your church? There's people in here right now, you're more concerned about self-pleasure and self-desire than you've ever been about God's Word or will for your life. How long are you going to live your life according to your flesh? There's people in here right now that's lost and on your way to hell. The call for repentance is here and needful right now. Some of y'all are looking at things you have no business looking at. Some of y'all are talking to people you have no business talking to. Some of y'all are guilty of deceiving your spouse and deceiving your family and your spending. This is Holy Ghost stuff. You're lying about money. You're misusing money and even taking money that is not yours and you've never repented. There's sexual sin that needs to be repented of. Unmarried. Natural sexual sin and unnatural sexual sin. Needs to be repented of. Some of y'all are half-hearted and do not serve God with all your heart, soul, and your mind. You're lukewarm and you know it. You know it. Some of y'all have robbed God in tithes and offerings and you know it. What should I do? Repent and make it up. I stand by that. I've got a list right here. Just our leaders. I can show you two or three thieves right here. First one I got. God robbers. Hello? Bruce in the pudding, neighbor. Why can we not experience revival? My God, we've got to repent. 
What are we doing? We're looking and we're pointing the finger and cussing everybody out that's doing something or trying to do something for God. But we sit idle in our sin and we point the finger and yes, I'm against it. Yes, I think it's false and fake. But under God, what else, What are we doing to show the difference? How pharisaical of us uh, is it of us to say, oh, it's fake and phony. And our kids see it on the internet and we say it's fake and phony, but we won't show them what the real thing is. Right. Because we love our sin. That's it. God help us. What I'm trying to tell you is there's a dire need of repentance in this church and in this generation. And only true repentance will bring about true revival. Let me give you some facts real quick about revival. Revival don't break out. Hello? Revival does not break out. Revival comes from God when the biblical standards are met for God to send revival. Uh, without conviction, there's no conversion. Without repentance, there's no redemption or restoration. Without the Bible, there's no revival. I just don't want to be able to identify real revival. I want to have real revival. Listen to me. You are either a King James Bible believer or you're not. The Word of God is either your final authority or it's not. And when I do my job as the pastor and go to God's Word to teach you how to discern through these types of things, I automatically attract negativity and criticism. I'm automatically called the Debbie Downer and the skeptic, but I'm neither of those things. I do believe that right now all across the country, there are people who are genuinely trying to find God and draw closer to Him. But the way in which they're doing so is genuinely wrong and is that our job just to tell them how wrong they are or to show them what's right do we just tell them that's wrong and leave it at that why are they driving hours and why are they canceling classes and why are they taking off work people's coming from everywhere why are they doing that it says to me somebody maybe not all but somebody is really trying to find God Here we sit today with the key. Why is our community not running each other over in the road trying to get here? Is it God's fault? It's our fault. When I begin to look how to identify revival, you know what I've seen the need of? Revival. But revival only comes by way of repentance. Can I say this morning, revival is for the child of God. And in order for the child of God to experience real revival of the Bible, it is clear of the steps that must be taken according to Scripture. Can I say when a movement or a meeting does not line up with Scripture, we must believe the Word of God and what He said over what we read, what we watch, what we listen to, what we feel or what we experience. I don't care what you experience. If it's contrary to the Word of God, your experience was wrong. Amen. Got movements like the South Louisiana Awakening. It's not revival. The Global Vision Deliverance Movement. It's not revival. The Asbury Meeting. It's not revival. Three things that. They don't have that the Bible lets us know we got to have in order to have a revival. Number one, they have no pastor. Right. Do you believe your Bibles or not? Yes, sir. 
God has order to revival. Revival comes through the local church. That's why that they have anybody and everything and everything's going on. There's nobody to stop it. Yeah. They have no, no pastor. There's no biblical preaching. There's been preaching. Little. But it's not been biblical. Right. There's no policy. In other words, guidelines. May I say I've looked into all three meetings and biblically there are far too many errors when compared with Scripture for me to even think about getting on board with any of them. Right. I'm not even going to get into all this. I'm going to skip through some of this. Can I say this? We must go to the Word of God to learn and try and discern the spirits. What is revival? Everybody quotes this. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, which are called my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, will heal their land. May I say revival is real and I'm not against it. It does not have to be our church experiencing revival for me to back revival. But it does have to be biblical. Amen. Do y'all remember when we drove seven hours to Burlington in 2016? Why did we do that? It was biblical. Preaching. Bible preaching on sin. And, and it wasn't one, two, three, repeat after me. It wasn't a celebration of self. And God is love. And you, it just, you no, know, it was hard Bible preaching. And by the way, if it worked then, it can still work now. Amen. That's why we supported it. Because it was biblical. We must take heed and guard ourselves from the way of error. First John 4, 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So if I could, I want to look at our text today. And I want to preach on that thought, how to identify and experience real revival. Number one, in order to identify and experience real revival, you must understand, number one, the recipients of revival. If you're going to be able to identify and experience it for yourself, according to this book, you must be able to identify and experience real revival. You must understand the recipients of revival. Look in verse number 1. Lord, Thou hast been favorable unto Thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of Thy people. Thou hast covered all their sins. Selah. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Turn us, O God of our salvation. Cause thine anger towards us to cease. Will that be angry with us forever? That will draw out thine anger to all generations. Wilt thou not revive us again? That thy people may rejoice in thee. Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. Number one, I want to say this. When revival, real revival, takes place, the recipients will be people, number one, that are redeemed. Revival does not come to the lost man. You can't revive something that's never been revived. Revive means it's been made alive before, but it needs brought back to life. It needs life reinstated. And revival, the recipients of revival, number one, are those who are redeemed. You must be born again to experience revival. You must be born again when you look at it. The people that are experiencing, you say, can you just look at somebody? You can't, you can't tell. You can tell a whole lot about somebody. You can tell a whole lot about somebody when you watch them, how you look at them, what they're doing, how they act, their spirit. Number two, when real revival takes place, the recipients uh, will be people that are not only redeemed, but they'll be repentant. I'm trying to tell you how to experience real revival. How to identify it. Look at verse four. 
Turn us, O God of our salvation, cause thine anger towards us to cease. There'll be people that are redeemed. There'll be people that are repentant. There'll be people that'll reconsider it. Verse number five, wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou not revive us again? Verse six, show us thy mercy. Listen, I want you to understand something. They will walk to pass from being under the judgment of the Lord into the joy of the Lord. Now notice this. These modern day means make no mention of God's anger, God's wrath, God's judgment concerning sin. Cannot be revival. Are you listening? You know what revival hinges on? Repentance. Guess what you cannot have unless sin is dealt with? Repentance. These are reconsiderate people. Everybody in these modern day movements are bouncing around and jumping up and down and high-fiving because God loves them. May I remind you, God does love us so much He sent His own Son and it cleanses from our sin. But as much as God loves us, listen, no apologies. God hates sin. There is no revival taking place until people realize and reconsider their sin and their standing with God. May I say until you judge your own sin and repent of it, there's no joy of the Lord to be found. In order to really have true joy like everybody we're seeing on Facebook, that means they have really, truly had to repent, renew a relationship, fellowship with God. And I'm just here to tell you something. They ain't done it. Well, how do you know? Because their sin's not even been mentioned. They just flowed in from the bar from last Saturday from the tailgate party, hung over, and started shouting on Sunday. There's no repentance. How do you know? Because it's not being dealt with. Your sin, the sin's not being made mention of. The anger and the wrath of God concerning sin's not being made mention of. How can I say they're meeting together, getting their praise on, singing songs all about them, and making no efforts to deal with their sin? They're letting sodomites, for God's sake, help lead worship. Yep. Yeah. You think they're dealing seriously with sin? No, sir. No. Only true blood-bought, born-again people can be a recipient of revival. There's full-blown apostate heretics sure attending this meeting yep. and putting their approval on this meeting and going away saying they have received revival and are taking revival back to their churches and their crusades. Does that not alarm anybody but me? Yeah, sure does. When the wolves start howling and they fit into the pack, it's a problem. Let me ask y'all a question. This real revival. What do you think would happen? It ain't ever going to happen. But what if I got a call or I just showed up and they found out I was a pastor and I got up and opened my King James Bible and preached on hell for 30 minutes. What do you think the outcome would be? But yet they're in revival. Hello? There's no revival without the Bible. It's time to get honest about the subject. It's my job to, to teach you and train you how to identify this. Now you don't have to listen. But I'm doing my job. It's time to get honest. It's time to get biblical. It's time to get serious. It's it's time to deal with the subject. Listen, we are in the last days. You know what's going to happen when the Antichrist comes on scene, don't you? Well, they're going to fall in line like a bunch of lost sheep. 
And there's going to be a one world. You know what this pussy is? You know why they keep saying, oh, there's no denominations. There's no names over the door. None of that matters. We're all just here because God loves us. I'm here to tell you something. Contrary to popular opinion and what you read and hear on social media, it does matter. Yes, sir. It does matter. Because with other denominations comes false doctrine. With false doctrine come false devils. And with devils come all kinds of issues. And next thing you know, you don't know what you are. It's all about just God, higher power, and He loves us, and creation. And you know what? You know who's receiving every bit of the praise? The God of this world. It's vainglory. If it's not genuine glory, it's vainglory, and all vainglory goes to Satan. Notice, secondly, in order to identify and experience real revival, you must understand the, rep- the recipe of revival. Not just the recipients, but the recipe. Look at verse 7. Show us thy mercy, O Lord, grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Now, can I say this? God has laid the biblical foundation and the biblical recipe for revival right here in our text. I want you to note in on this, key in on this. Real revival takes preparation and commitment to God's process. Now, how many of y'all have seen revival be spontaneous? But can I say it's never spontaneous? It may appear as it came spontaneously, but there's always been prior preparation for real revival to take place. Are you listening? The first ingredient required in the recipe of revival to both identify and experience real revival is number one, a plea for mercy. The first ingredient, if we're going to have a cake, a a, a recipe and make a full-blown revival cake, what are the ingredients? Number one, you've got to have a plea for mercy. Look at verse 7. Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. Leonard Ravenhill from his book on why revival tarries quotes this. No man is greater than his prayer life. The man who can get believers to pray and would under God usher in the greatest revival that the world has ever known. May I say without realizing the need of and begging for mercy, there is no manifestation of God in this place or any other place for that matter. Are are y'all listening to me? You can sing until the cows come home. You can praise until this time next year. But until you get serious in prayer and ask God for mercy because of your sin, revival will not come. First step, there's a plea for mercy. The second ingredient required in the recipe of revival uh, to identify it or experience it is there will be a pardon for men. Look in verse 7. Show us thy mercy, O Lord. Grant us thy salvation. Now, again, I understand revival comes to the child of God, but when the children of God are experiencing revival, you also find that the saved or the lost will be saved. 
there will be a plea for mercy both from the saint and the sinner. May I say the saint man pleads for mercy to renew fellowship and the lost man pleads for mercy to receive sonship. May I say I believe that it would scare us to death to know just how many people claim to be saved that are really lost. I believe it will scare us when we find out. You cannot be revived until you've first been vived. I've seen this phrase posted a thousand times about this Asbury meeting. Come experience revival for yourself. Well, friend, according to this Bible, only the saved can experience revival. It ought to raise red flags in anybody's heart when they see masses of people enjoying a move of God. Yet... You know good as well as I do. Many of them are lost. But they're enjoying this. Why is it that every single person who walks in the place has the liberty to praise? That's good. Where'd that come from? They come from God. He's locked her down tight on us before. Why is, why is there no constriction? Because it's just so much God. Wrong. Wrong. It's deception. Can I say, anytime God moves, there's always opposition. Always opposition. Strong opposition. Can I say the devil is good at what he does and why hell-bound sinners are jumping up and down, praising the God they know nothing about, Satan's standing to his feet, and he's receiving every ounce of vainglory. It's time to quit worrying about what the world on Facebook's going to say if you don't approve of this meeting. Come on. Some of y'all have been in question about it since day one, but you're scared to death to say anything. Yeah. Yep. I ain't telling you to go home and blow Facebook up and create a big gong. I'm just saying you're scared to say anything. You're getting asked about it at work, and you know good and well it ain't right, but you won't tell them that. Come on. And then we wonder why we don't have real revival. You're scared. You won't stand. You won't take a stand. Hey, it's time to quit worrying about that. There's a whole generation of people that are going straight to hell with the name of Jesus rolling off their lips. Yeah, man. God told us there would be in this world uh, there would be a time such as this so don't act shocked, surprised and uh, he said these days would come and they're here. I'd be willing to bet that most people who have walked in up to that building and experienced this so-called revival cannot give you a time and a place that they dealt with and repented of their sin and trusted Christ as their Savior. How can you say that? Because the God of the Bible does not bear witness with the spirit of that meeting. The third ingredient required in the recipe for revival, if you're going to identify it or experience it, there will be a passion for God's message. Is everybody understanding what I'm trying to tell you? Look at verse 8. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For He will speak peace unto His people and to His saints, but let them not turn again to folly. And I say the Bible still says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, will bring nothing, uh, bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Jews require sign. Greeks seek after wisdom. Paul said, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews assembling by 
mocked unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and the things are despised, and hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness, sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. There's glory at the end of that chapter, but it starts off with preaching. And you know what it says about preaching? You know what 90% of those people, if they were here today, would say about this? That's foolish. It's what he said they'd say. There'll be a desire. There'll be a longing. There'll be a passion for God's message. Now I'll say if you turn me loose up there, I'm telling you, it would shut her down quick, fast, and in a hurry. When revival comes, preaching is part of the recipe. You can mark that down. How else does God call a man to repentance? Oh, I understand that there's been people get right and get saved in the song service. and I'm not against it. I understand all that. But you cannot get away from God's order to reach the heart of man is through preaching. Amen. You cannot get away from that. Hello? Yeah. It's the Word of God. It ain't me. It's the Word of God. And, the, and, and it's part of the recipe to hear what God says. How do we hear what God said? Through preaching. Mark 6, 12 said, and they went out and preached that men should repent. You know what Jesus told his disciples to do? Go, boys, go preach. What's our message? Repent. Yep. Can I say repentance is always the message for revival. You want to have real revival in your own lives? You need to repent and draw closer to God. How? By the way, repentance is the only remedy for draw closer to God. You can't get there no other way. You can't draw close to God through praising and worshiping Him. You say, I feel so close to God when I sing and praise Him. Yeah, that, I do too. But that ain't how we get there. You get close to God by conforming to His image. We don't bring God to us. We got to get on His level. We got to repent and draw closer to Him. And He said, if you'll draw closer to me, then I'll draw closer to you. But it takes the first step of revival's repentance. And God will never become more like us in order to be close to us. We must come become more like Him in order to be close to Him. That's exactly why preaching is in the order of God. Luke 24, 47 that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 11. I hope you're okay. Verse 1. Paul is writing. He said, Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me. I feel like Paul. 
For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his sub, sub, uh, subtly, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth Jesus don't make everything better. That name does not make everything better. Because there's another Jesus. What do you mean, preacher? For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, hello, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, you might well bear with him. For I suppose I was not with behind the very chief priest, uh, chiefest apostles. Now notice this. Paul's preaching that brings great revival. Look how he preaches. Verse 6. But though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge, but we have been truly made manifest among you in all things, have I committed an offense in abasing myself that you might be exalted because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely? Notice what he says to this church at Corinth. I robbed other churches taking wages of them to do you service. In other words, I'm living off my love offerings. Y'all ain't helping me very much. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man for that which was lacking to me. The brethren which came from Macedonia supplied. Look down in verse 10. As the truth of Christ is in me, no man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Wherefore, because I love you not, God knoweth but what I do, that will I do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. Notice this. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, notice this, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. You know what these transforming fake apostles are? Preachers of the different Jesus. Do you all not see that? I'm telling you, this charismatic, the contemporary and the charismatics had joined forces. And it's been going this way for some time, but now it's becoming nationally seen. Most, not all in these mountains yet, but a bunch of the old church of gods, long hair, skirts, no makeup, all that, was always ran and led by women. Most of them now, the contemporary movement has evolved and it's still being ran by women, but now the women look like men. Yeah. And the men look and act like women. You're right. Show me a charismatic Pentecostal pastor that's not feminine, that's a man. Find me one. Mom. I'm challenging you. I've done my homework. Find me one. Yeah. They're just so soft spoken. It's so good to be here. Hallelujah. And their wives look like they'll tear your head off. They're the man. And the man's the woman. And they're all up there hoorahing, having a big old time, having a concert and a mosh pit and a club every Sunday morning. All in the name of... But it's not the one that crawled up on a cross. 
They have transformed themselves into the apostles of Christ. Sound familiar? All these gifts that's being ushered in all over the place, where'd they come from? Well, they're apostolic gifts, so what are they doing? They're making themselves apostles. Verse 15. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. I say again, let no man think me a fool. If otherwise, yet as a fool receive me, that I may boast myself a little. That which I speak, I speak it not after the Lord, but as, as it were foolishly in this confidence of boasting, seeing that, that many glory after the flesh. Does everybody see that? Verse 19, For ye suffer fools gladly, seeing yourselves are wise, for ye suffer. If a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take of you, if a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face, I speak as concerning reproach as though we had been weak, howbeit wherein soever any is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundant in stripes above measure in prisons more frequent in deaths oft of the Jews five times received I forty stripes saved one. You know what Paul's saying? You got one preaching the prosperity of Jesus. They ain't never been, never, never been through nothing. And here I am. I've been in prison. I've been beat half to death. They hate me. They tell me I'm rude but I'm preaching the God of the Bible. I don't know who in the world put God on a, on, a, on a cloud made of cotton candy and, and put a reed of blessing in His hand. And the only thing that flows from His loins is joy and prosperity. God hates sin. And until sin is dealt with and repented of, I'm about done. Some of y'all can't wait. Until sin is dealt with and repented of, there is no revival. What Jesus are they preaching? I don't know who He is. I never met Him. I got the real one. But He's in this book too. My God, have mercy on us. It's amazing to me. Can I say revival preaches threefold? Let me give them to you. You can go back to Psalm 85. I I plan on coming back to this, but I don't know if I will or not. Probably need to just because I don't want to. Revival message. Revival preaching is threefold. Number one, the the message will be consist of this. Repentance of sin first. Verse 1 and 2 of Psalm 85. Repentance of sin. Then secondly in the message, the threefold message, you'll find remission and restoration of sin next. Verse 3 through 5. Can I say you cannot receive the remission of sin or be restored from your sin or because of your sin until you first repented of it. And then thirdly, you will find the rejoicing of the saints. Verse 6 through 8. Repentance of sin, verse 1 and 2. Remission, restoration of sin, verse 3 through 5. Rejoicing of the saints is last, verse 6 through 8. Thirdly, in order to identify and experience real revival, you must understand the results of revival. The results of revival. And I say real revival will always leave real results. 
When real revival takes place, one of the results will be this, peace within the congregation. Verses 8 through 10. Real peace will result in having a real love for the Word of God because Psalms 119, 165 said, Great peace have they which love thy law, nothing shall offend them. Can I say real, true, blue peace with God will only come when you have... uh, Peace with God will only come when you have made peace with God. You can't have peace from God until you've made peace with God. Repentance of sin, restoration, remission. Then comes rejoicing. In verse 10, notice this. The Bible said, Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Here's here's my question. Does everybody see how revival works? It takes a plea for mercy. Then it takes proclaimed truth. Then it takes a purification or righteousness. Then the result is peace. Everybody wants peace. What's the process to peace? Plea for mercy, proclaim truth, purification, or righteousness. The result then will be peace. Leads me to the next point. When real revival takes place, one of the results will be permanent transformation. 